This is the Amblecote Community Church Teaching Podcast. Well, hi everyone, and thanks for downloading this podcast. Uh, my name's Tim Barton. I'm part of the eldership team here at Amblecote Community Church. And what we're going to be doing today is kicking off a brand new whole church teaching series. This is a teaching that we do, which we encourage our church family to access, uh, where we go on a journey, we explore some topics together and see what God wants to say through it. And what we're going to be doing today is looking at our story. Um, This is something that we've been thinking about doing for a while, really looking back over, well, many years and looking at what God has been doing amongst us as a church um, over the distant past and then bringing it up um, to present time. Um, Sometimes when we think about things like this, you know, a lot of churches might want to try and make out that they sort of have this amazing vision or that we're, you know, super duper in some way. That's not our culture. Um, We recognise that if we're a church, really we're doing mainly what most churches are doing. We're doing what Jesus, hopefully, doing what Jesus asked us to do, making disciples, being missional, serving the poor, uh, being in community, supporting one another. Um, So we we try and steer away from sort of saying that we're, you know, we've got this incredible vision. We're just trying to serve the Lord and be faithful. Uh, However, it is worth saying that most churches do have uh, a journey or a story of what God has been doing in that place with that group of people, maybe for a short period or for a long time. Uh, And that does, in some sense, uh, mark us out and um, gives us a story to tell of what God has been doing. So we want to take three podcasts, hopefully. um, I'm going to look at my time, but uh, they should be about 30, 40 minutes, something like that. Uh, And we're going to break it into three parts. Uh, We're going to look at beginnings, Uh, We're going to look at reforming and we're going to look at building and look at how uh, God has worked amongst us as a group of people uh, over many years. And to do this, I'm going to be inviting members of the eldership team, both past and present, to take this journey with us and to share their experience and what they saw as they journeyed with us as a church family. So today I'm blessed to be joined by Pastor, I want to call you Pastor <laughs> Phil Cook then. Uh, Phil Cook. Thanks, Tim. It's great to have you here, good Phil. To be here. And um, I'll introduce Phil in a bit, um, but Phil's going to be um, doing our first podcast today, which is about beginnings. Okay, so great. shall I pray? And then we'll get into some of the content. Is that all right? So, Father, we just welcome you amongst us now as we uh, as we share this conversation. We pray that you'll be really present. Pray that you would communicate what it is that you want to say through us, uh, that will be clear and that somehow will mark what you have been doing over these years, Lord, and how you are at work. We thank you for your work amongst us. We honour you and we love you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, um, many of you, many of you will know Phil. I'm sure if you're part of our church family and if you don't then you should definitely get to meet him and get to know him a bit. (laughs) Phil's been a member of our church for over 50 years, served as an elder for 45 years and as a staff member for over 40 and so I think it's fair to say that you've seen a lot over those years that you've got a fairly good grasp of what what God has been doing but it's worth saying and we had a conversation beforehand Mm. with Phil that it's worth saying that 
all that you share comes with a sort of caveat that it's how you remembered things right. and how you saw things. Because I guess over time, mm. things might yeah, not be the way you see them now. Is that right? Is that... Yeah, that's absolutely right, Tim. Yeah, that's absolutely right. So we want to put that in. This is how you remember it. Yeah. We're not saying this is definitely it. No. But it is a kind of sense that um, of where we're going. Cool. And it's also worth saying, I think, that we've literally, um, I was thinking about it today, I guess over the years, I was going to say hundreds, but we've had thousands of people probably <laughs> yes. who have yes. been part of the church, yeah. moved on and been part of that journey. Um, and so I'm aware that, you know, obviously these podcasts are set for people who are part of our church family, but we <clears> may <throat> have people listening who aren't. Yeah. And therefore, people might see things or, or, you know, think, well, actually, that, that, they didn't talk about this or what about this? And again, I think it's worth us just making really perfectly clear that this is, we're not saying this is a perfectly documented history of our church family, are we? That's absolutely right, Tim. Yeah, we're talking about, as you said, a period of over 30 years oh. that uh, began over 50 years ago. Yeah. And some events have been documented, dates and times, but others are things that um, I remember from that 30-year period. Yeah. I'm 72 years old now, and my memory is not as good as what it was and not as sharp as what it was in some, some areas. And uh, those who will be watching the video today will know and see that I'm using notes yeah. just in case <laughs> I don't forget anything that, yeah. uh, that you ask. That's great. But yeah, so just, I think we want to say, Phil, just be released really to, we receive you and hear your story and your heart. Many people, I think, respect you, know you, love you. Um, so yeah, so Phil, let's kick off. We've called this episode Beginnings and I want to go way, way, way back because in our conversation, we had this little discussion about some sense of amble coat um, very long ago, even back to like 1900s. Yes. Now, we're going a long way back. Tell us about that. What, yeah. What's that all about? Well, I wasn't around then. I must, yeah. I must just make that absolutely clear. Um, we know from documents that we do have uh, from around the 1960s that the church was part of the Assemblies of God, um, Pentecostal Church of uh, Great Britain and Northern Ireland. Our understanding is limited before that time, yeah. But I do remember at one point uh, talking with uh, a member of our church, Mrs. Evans, affectionately known as Mrs. E to us all. And um, in our conversation, uh, she talked, well, she actually passed away about 15, 20 years ago and she was 100 years of, uh, of age. Wow. And uh, she talked about, <clears throat> at some point, remembering that she was part of a Sunday school anniversary as a young girl in the Mission Hall in Kings William Street. Wow. So that puts that back to round about the early 1900s. Wow. And that's, uh, it was a fantastic conversation, and she remembered it so clearly. Yeah. And yet it was a good many years yeah, ago. Yeah. And that's the earliest that I can remember anybody mentioning what was going on in King William Street. Okay, so let's put a marker in 1900, something around then, and how exciting. You know, it's great to be part of that, that history, really. And what I've got... Um, I was given this, um, we'll talk about who gave me this in a bit because we're going to talk about that, but um, some records of kind of um, a history that was put together. I've, I've put this about 1987, I reckon this was right. written, that's my guess because it goes okay. up to that point. Uh, but this records, so some things would have happened 1900s and onwards. Mm. And then um, on here, apparently the first thing on here is 1960. 
uh, which yeah. talks about Cyril Baker becoming the pastor of um, what's then called Amblecote Full Gospel Church. That's right. Uh, the King William Street, the church in Kings William Street, um, was purchased for a thousand pounds. It says, is that right? Yes, as, as, as I recall yeah. it. Yeah, in yeah. 1961. <clears throat> And then in 1967, it talks about a Mr. Vell becoming the pastor, mm -hmm. uh, who then left in 1970. <clears throat> and then I think it's worth probably talking about our Billy Webb. Yes. I think, who... Yeah, uh, Billy Webb. Carol, Bill's daughter, actually <clears throat> gave me this from, which I think this was Bill's copy. Uh, and Bill, many of our church family will know Bill, will remember Bill. He passed away at the age of 100. Yes. And, and was a member of our church <clears throat> for many years and um, joined the church in 1959. And at this point, we understand the church was a small gospel church, as it says there, full gospel church. Yeah. Um, and the records actually here state that there was four couples. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so only four couples and... and um, and Bill and Beryl's two children, Carol and Joy. Mm -hmm. And I just want to tell the story that PJ told yeah. um, at Bill's funeral, which I think was just brilliant. I won't tell it as well as Pete did, <laughs> uh, but he talks about how um, these, these, these few couples <clears throat> were together in a prayer meeting and they were praying together and they were really seeking God. And their prayer was, you know, Lord God, send us a pastor. I think that's what they were praying. Yes. Send us a pastor. And then Pete tells a story that he walked through the door and they immediately bowed their heads and prayed, Lord, send us a pastor. Yes. Brilliant, isn't it? Yeah, it's uh, fantastic But story. it's around that time, um, 1970, when uh, a guy called Peter Jenkins came <clears throat> and led the church. <clears throat> and um, yeah, you talked to me about how the church um, kind of went down for a period mm -hmm. after that yeah. and yeah. things like that. So you come in around this period, don't you? That's so right. tell yeah. us when you joined the church and tell us a little bit about it. So it's gone from a few couples, mm. PJ sort of come in and started leading. Mm. And then do you come in just after that point? or? Yeah, I think Pete had been here, Pete and Carol had been here for about two years when Anne and I joined. Yeah, um, It was in February 1973 when Anne and I first came. Uh, we were both young Christians, uh, me especially. I'd only sort of come to know the Lord about 12, 18 months before. And uh, we came from a Methodist church in King Swinford. Okay. So that was our yeah. and my background. Yeah. Um, the meetings, uh, which were at the Full Gospel Church, as it was known then, were very different for what Anne and I were used to at the Methodist church. Uh, these meetings um, were absolutely, totally lively. Yeah. Um, upbeat, uh, lots of singing of one uh, verse choruses, yeah. <clears throat> which was totally new to us. Um, there was powerful testimonies of what God had done in people's lives, which was always an inspiration. Uh, relevant Bible teaching and preaching, all things that were totally new yeah. to Anne and myself. The building itself was also a bit of a shock and was very different to uh, a brand okay. new Methodist church that yeah. we'd come from. In what way? Well, um, first of all, it was hard to find the place if you didn't know where it was. I was just going to jump in there. We've yeah. constantly referenced King William Street like people know where that is. Yeah. They might not, had they? That's right. Well, it's just we're on Brettle Lane, yeah. and the back end of our present church is in King William Street, and this was uh, several hundred yards up on the right-hand side. But because it was a mission hall that was attached, I believe, to the uh, local parish church, it was <clears throat> set in between two houses 
and set back. Okay. So the first time that Anne and I came looking for it, we went back passed it twice <laughs> before we actually saw it yeah. and, uh, and went in. And so um, the building itself, when you went in, was quite something. You walked through the front door, there was a door to your left, and there was a minute kitchen, which could just about one person or maybe two could stand in. On the right, there was another door, and behind that was the only loo to the whole building. Yeah. And then, um, <clears throat> then when you walked in or passed that, you notice that at the front of the church, there was a raised platform with a pulpit on it. And then everything in between was filled with old red cinema tip-up seats. Right, with an, cinema seats. Yes, yeah, cinema seats. I don't know where they had them from, um, but that was the seating. So yeah. when you finished, your seat flipped up and you walked away. Um, there was an aisle right the way down the middle. And um, it was just so interesting. And um, the, the, the church itself, I would, see, I would say, sat 70 or 80 people mm. comfortably. Yeah. And that was about the maximum. And when we walked in, there were about 25 people who were meeting together on a Sunday. Yeah. The church function, again, was very different to what we were used to at the Methodist Church. There were two services every Sunday. Sunday morning, we met for worship and uh, Bible teaching on Sunday evening. There was always a gospel service where the gospel was preached. Every week there was a prayer meeting one night, there was a Bible study another night, and um, it was all very new. It was mm -hmm. all very fresh, challenging, and very inspiring for Anne and myself. Mm. And it's fair, um, maybe talk a little bit about Peter Jenkins, um, well, and Carol. Yeah. Um, it's fair to say that they had a huge impact, you know, oh, on, on the church um, when he <clears> came <throat> to lead and they led. Tell us a little bit about, well, I know him as PJ from my childhood yeah. days. Yeah. Um, PJ, kind of his style, you know, his connections, that sort of thing. Tell right. us a little bit about that. Yes, well, his name, as I say, was Peter Jenkins yeah. and everybody knew him as PJ and he was very happy with that. Uh, he was and still is a very powerful, charismatic mm. Welsh preacher. Um, he had a Pentecostal heritage. I believe it was his grandfather, Leonard Jenkins, who was one of the founder members of the AOG Pente Church yeah. in the 1920s. PJ himself was a self-employed businessman who took no wage from the church for all that he did, and he did an awful lot. His passion for God and for people was amazing. And I would also say that he was a topical preacher. Mm. What do I mean by that? If any big event um, or news topic occurred either in the nation or in the world, then Pete would preach about it and he'd apply it to the Bible yeah. and then to our lives as Christians and how we handle these things and how we worked these things out. However, I would say, <clears throat> although he was a dynamic preacher, his main gifting was evangelism. Mm. And uh, just before Anne and I arrived, um, a, young, a group of young people um, had, had just arrived. Pete had met with them. He talked with them, shared with them. These young people came from uh, what was then the Bridley Hill Grammar School in um, Bromley Lane in King Swinford. And um, Pete had preached to these people. And three or four of them uh, came, uh, joined the church, um, and committed their lives to Jesus. 
Um, Linda Richards then, yeah. uh, we know her today as Linda Start, was one of that original yeah. group. And then in the following months, many more young people came, uh, committed their lives to Jesus, families began to join us. And so the church grew to over 100 people by 1980. Wow. Amazing. Yeah, it was an amazing time. And um, that probably leads us quite nicely in some ways when you talked about... Um, the gift, the Pete's gift of evangelism mm. around your appointment, because that mm. was quite, you know, um, soon after this, really. I think you said in 1979, yes, is that right? So correct, tell us a yeah. bit about how you came to your appointment and w what, what all that was about. Okay. Well, before I started full-time work in the church, I was a butcher by profession. And uh, shortly after joining the church, I opened a butcher's shop, which was at the bottom of Brettle Lane, just down the road here. It's since been knocked down for road widening yeah. and improvements. I had the shop for about six years. And uh, during the last <clears throat> year of my time there, I felt God impress upon my heart uh, to sell the shop and start full-time ministry in the church. I shared it, shared it with the eldership, mm -hmm. and they all agreed that this was right. Simple reason being that we had a situation uh, that had developed in the church uh, where we were seeing a lot of people coming through the front door, as it were, and quite a few people leaving through the back door, as it yeah. were. And as I've said, uh, PJ was an evangelist and a full-time businessman, and we needed someone uh, to basically spend time uh, caring for those who join the church. And so my mandate uh, was to close the back door as best yeah. as I was able. Yeah. So the church is growing. Uh, and then in 1980, um, you begin <coughs> to meet, um, you tell me, in the dining hall of the Brettle Lane Daycare Centre. So that's clearly you've outgrown that space yes. at King William Street now. Yes. And I think it's over the, just is over it just the over the road? That's right, yeah. Um, so, and you grew to about 150, I think we said. Yeah. Um, so what happened then? So you're looking for premises, clearly, because this is a growing, thriving yeah. church that needs some more space. Yeah, as I've said, the, the church in King William Street only held sort of 80, 90 people yeah. comfortable. We were already full to capacity. Um, and the only thing available right then uh, for us to move forward um, was this uh, dining hall at the training centre, which was just slightly above opposite the church in King yeah. William Street. It, um, it wasn't the best of situations, um, because every Sunday we had to take all the equipment from the church over to the dining hall and set it up. And then at the end of the day, we used to have to then uh, take it all down and <laughs> take it back. And I do distinctly remember moving the upright piano was a load of, <laughs> I would say fun, but maybe that's stretching I'm it sure a bit it too much. it wasn't at the time. <laughs> uh, we started to pray a lot, obviously, <clears throat> and started to look for more suitable uh, premises in the Amblecote area um, because we really felt that we were called to Amblecote in particular. Yeah. Um, but there were so little um, buildings, facilities available. Then an old Methodist church right almost at the bottom of uh, Brettle Lane came for sale. We purchased it, we renovated it, and we opened the doors. Mm. And the official opening was in September 1981. And that's that 
Is that that one? Yeah. And that's so and that's the picture you of won't the be able church. To see it, but we've got the picture of the church. I'm sure we can get In that out there. Yeah. Uh, shortly after this, um, a coach house. Uh, a pub, in other words, which was yeah. which was very very old, built in the 1800s, I think, came for sale next door to the church. So uh, we purchased that, and um, we purchased that. We renovated it, and we turned it into offices mm. and a space for our youth and children's activities. And all the time, the church was growing. We outgrew the space in the church. We actually had a metal balcony put in at the back of the church and um, we just kept growing. And at this period of time, we reached over 250 yeah. people. And that, what we've explained so far, covers the period from 1980 to 1991. Okay. So at this point then, we're on the ground that we're on now. Yes. Pretty much. So we're on this ground, but we're in this different building. So we've moved from the mission hall. Yep gone into various things. I think it met in King Ed's at one point. Oh, that, well. that comes later, Tim. That's later. Okay, sorry. That comes later. So you've been over <laughs> the road in the, the daycare and then you've got this building and some buildings around it. And um, we'll just wait for you. Go for it, Phil. So what I wanted to do was um, just quote this. I haven't put this in the notes, Phil, but um, I just thought this would be quite interesting. I don't know for definite who wrote this. I right. can guess. Um, but it did say, and I think this summarizes really well, it talks about how, you know, what God's been doing a little bit. Mm. This is a little bit what we're doing now in right. a way, but for right. the time. Uh, and it says, um, uh, it get, talks about the growth and it says, um, which I find the numerical growth of the church from new converts was the lowest since I have been here in the church. So there's clearly, <laughs> you know, a real like challenge there to the yes. church. Yes. Uh, and then a bit later on, it says, um, you know, um, there's even a reference, if it's due to my preaching, please tell me in love. Uh, but please, please help me. Give me souls or I perish. Yeah. And I think mm. that culture of like evangelism, mm. yes. reaching out and sharing the gospel, mm. um, getting people saved and to know Jesus and to know uh, the love of God. Mm. That is, was, I guess that was throughout the, the culture oh, of the absolutely. church at the time. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so we're, where are we up to now? What day? 1991. 1991. And um, we're going to talk about a new leader. Mm, yeah. So a new leader, Clyde Sandry, becomes the minister, senior mm. minister mm. at this time. Tell us a bit about that. Okay, well, in 1991, PJ stepped aside as a pastor, although he remained on the eldership uh, for uh, several more years after yeah. that. Uh, Clyde, Clyde Sandry, um, he'd been one of our elders uh, for, a, for a few years. And um, as we prayed about this and the time to move forward, Pete, as I said, felt very strongly that he should step aside. Mm. And we felt that Clyde uh, was the man to take us on as our senior minister, uh, which he did for the next 13 years. Yeah. And tell us a bit about that period then. So... Um, We've got, you know, talk about building, talk mm -hmm. about we continue to grow, the church continues to grow, and tell us about that. Okay, well, Clyde's emphasis on ministry uh, was primarily worship. Yeah. He was a very uh, accomplished musician, and um, <clears throat> our worship entered into a, a new dimension. Also, Bible teaching. Um, he felt very strongly about establishing um, principles, uh, um, 
basic principles from the word yeah. uh, for, to, for building our lives upon. I mean, we'd had a load of teaching before then, don't get me wrong, uh, but Clyde really brought a, a new emphasis to, to this. Uh, the church grew in its depth of understanding of the Bible. Uh, we had some very, very powerful worship services. Uh, and the church continued to grow steadily yeah. uh, in its numbers. And it was during this time, this period of these 13 years, uh, that I would say that we peaked uh, numerically at over 500 men, women and children yeah. who were considered to be a part of ACC. Yeah. So I'm guessing you're not meeting in that building at this point so no at this point yeah. um or or during that 13 years there is a change which we'll talk about okay. in a minute yeah, yeah. um but it started off with um in the older building okay. um with this sort of principle of worship and and, and cool. uh, yeah. teaching uh, so yeah i think um i've summarized this period really um whether this is fair i don't know but really as worship and word mm -hmm. um because i think you know worship you know, I was going to say was a high quality. That sounds like it's not today. <laughs> it still is. But particularly, you know, there's an emphasis on a high quality yes. of that and a high quality yeah. quality of words. So um, do you want to just talk a bit about um, Assemblies of God? Should we talk about yeah, that? Is that good. okay? Yeah, I don't that's know good. I'm jumping around the notes. But um, it was kind of in this period that we came out of the Assemblies of God. Yes. And the reason I want to talk about that is because sometimes when I'm chatting with people, I'm talking about, you know, um, the church family I'm part of, they'll say, well, you know, what denomination are you? And, and you have yeah. to then go through the thing of explaining. <laughs> so, you know, it might be helpful just to talk about we were part of AOG, mm. Assemblies of God, mm. which has Pentecostal roots. Is that Yes, yeah? yes. So what happened and why aren't we there now? Okay. Well, um, PJ, Clyde and myself, uh, we were all ordained ministers within the AOG Pentecostal Church. Uh, and if my memory serves me right, I think that at that period of time, there were over 600 um, AOG churches around the UK um, that were part of that denomination. Uh, these churches were grouped into geographical areas. Uh, we were part of the West Midlands, obviously. Yeah. Uh, and I think there were over 30 churches, if my memory serves me right, in that group. The leaders of each of those churches met around four times a year. Uh, we met to discuss local issues, met to discuss uh, AOG national issues, and to simply administer business. Um, it was a huge decision <coughs> to leave AOG, yeah. primarily for Peter, um, because his grandfather, as I've said, being a founder member of AOG, and also both for Clyde and for Peter, because over the years, they had many, many friends, friendships in the ministry, friends in the ministry, in the AOG. And also, uh, being one of the larger churches in our area, our input was quite, uh, had quite an impact <coughs> within yeah. the West Midlands area. But after many months, if not years, I, I think I could safely say, of discussion and prayer, we decided as an eldership it was time for us to relinquish our membership mm -hmm. of AOG. We never gave ourselves an official title, 
um, that we referred to ourselves, and you can pick any one of these, <laughs> as an independent, charismatic, Pentecostal church. Um, coming out of AOG, though, and this is, um, I would say, a, a real factor in the decision, was that we were able to concentrate all of our time then and energies on more local matters mm. in the place where we believed God had placed yeah. us. Yeah. So we talk about that, not, you know, obviously that sounds like a bit of a difficult yeah. decision and yeah. it's not to try to bring that up, but it's more mm. around that's part of our history, isn't it? That's Very part so. of our story yes. that we're birthed in this AOG movement, really. Yeah. But there was a period when it was felt that that, that you know, it had to part ways, yes. really, and we yeah. become uh, free, independent, whatever mm. we try and explain these words yes. to say. Okay. And then it, around this time, um, I believe we have quite a significant prophetic word come. Yes, very much so. Um, and I want to spend a little bit of time really looking at this because this scripture, to my knowledge, has popped up again and again mm. at, at least three significant times, I think, in our history of a church family. Yeah. So, yeah, tell us a bit about um, Isaiah 54 and how it came and, and what, you know, what it meant Brilliant. to the church at that time. Yeah, it was a very exciting time, Tim. Very mm. tough time, mm. very uh, difficult time in, in many ways, but a very exciting time. It was while we were in the old church building um, that we started to look for bigger premises to accommodate our continual numerical growth. And just a short uh, distance above the church was a bakery um, that had closed. We entered into negotiations to purchase the facility to convert it into a church. Sadly, well, I say sadly, I believe it was God's design. Yeah. This fell through, and uh, that building has since become a car showroom and garage for Arnold yeah. Clark Motors. There we go. It was then that God intervened in our situation with a word of Scripture. And as you've said, that, I, that Scripture was Isaiah 54, verse 2, and the first part of verse yeah. 3. And this is simply what it says. Enlarge the place of your tent, stretch your tent curtains wide, do not hold back, lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes, for you will spread out to the right and to the left. And that really <clears throat> came to us so mm. powerfully, and we took this to mean as an eldership that we were to remain where we were and stretch out to the left and to the right. Um, that was okay um, because we um, owned the building to the right, but to the left of us was a, a strip of land. It wasn't very big, but it was a strip of land. And um, we were actually able, through negotiation, to purchase uh, okay. that land. Yeah. And so um, what we did, uh, as you know, we already had the building to the right. We now had this building, this um, uh, land to the left, we knocked the existing church and building down and we built the new church on all the land that it stands on today. Yeah. It took about two years to build and so we met firstly in the Brook Primary, primary School just over the road and then we moved to a larger hall at uh, King Edward's came That's right, into King Ed Sixth Form College in Stourbridge yeah. while this was all being built. And we actually opened the church on the 14th of February, 1993. There you go. So that's the building now that if you come to Amblecote yep. Sunday services, 
you'll be familiar with. Absolutely. So we have this older church, but then expanding to the right and to the left, literally, literally, physically, literally, and building this this building that we meet in now. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so we've got significant sort of moments along that journey, haven't mm, we? And yes. um, I just wonder, really, you've been part of that journey, not all the way, but mm. for a significant <laughs> amount of time, you know, um, there will be a few people who have been a bit further than you, but not many nowadays who have been part of our church family for that long. How would you summarise it, really? What would you use as your words to summarise maybe the, the the parts that you've been most involved in the season that you've kind of invested in and, and how, what God has been doing, how he's been at work? Mm. How would you summarise it? Um, when you sort of gave me that question, I, I just didn't quite know where to start and where <laughs> yeah. to end. Um, God, over that 30-year period that we've been talking about tonight, um, 1970 to 2004, yeah. uh, we saw God do some amazing things. Um, but several things, I think, um, really came to my heart as I, I was really yeah. thinking this. And uh, the first thing was that um, God was building his church. Uh, and that was so important to grasp hold of that. Um, God had a plan and a purpose, which is phenomenal when you think about it. Almighty God yeah. having a plan and a purpose uh, for this little church in, in the back of nowhere in some senses. Yeah, People yeah. think Amblecote and they think of Ambleside in the Lake, in the Lake <laughs> District. But no, it's just little old Amblecote. But God had a plan and a purpose and uh, for this part of his kingdom. Um, people were coming to know him, they were growing in their faith and learning to trust him as individuals. And um, also, uh, he was challenges us, challenging, challenging us as a body mm. together uh, to trust him for everything that we needed. Mm. I mean, some of the building projects we had, it wasn't just, oh yeah, we'll do this and we'll pay the bill. We had to pray, we had to sacrifice. Um, but God himself was saying, trust me, and I'll bring this about. And um, that's exactly what he did. Through our journey, God was there all the while uh, building his church. And uh, it's just a, a phenomenal privilege to know that you were part of something yeah. that God himself was, and I might say still is, building. It's phenomenal. And then secondly, for me, it was his faithfulness. Mm. Um, never once did God let us down through all of that period i mean we talked about the exciting things and the good things yeah, today of course. but not everything was uh, honky dory <laughs> not everything was going uh, easy we went through some very difficult and challenging times both in our building projects and also as a group of individual people seeking to come together mm. as one body mm. to go forward together that wasn't uh, always easy yeah. you have many different people with many different views and um, to work together was 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 quite phenomenal uh, but but through it all god remained amazingly faithful and we th we thank him for that and then I think the third thing, very simple thing really, but it's, I think it's important to note, um, it's people, yeah. not buildings, yeah. uh, that matter to God really. Uh, although our building programmes were important, they were only there to accommodate people, yeah. his people, yeah. the body of Christ, who were the real church of God. Mm. 
And so I think um, I could say an awful lot more about an awful lot more things. But I think those three things, the fact that mm. God was building his church, that he remained faithful, and that the people really mattered to God, really, yeah. really uh, comes home to me. Yeah. And it's just been a privilege, a real privilege to be a part of all that God's been doing. Brilliant. And we know, as always, there's so much more we could talk about. Yeah. Um, we haven't talked, you know, much about, I know, overseas missions. There That's was right. loads of work around that and yeah. lots and lots of other things. Um, but what we want to do really for this podcast is give people that flavour mm. and the key things really on that journey and the Isaiah thing, uh, that evangelism, the saving of souls, yeah. um, that growth going from, you know, a handful of people to... Uh, one of the largest churches, certainly yeah. in the area, yes. if not, you know, further. So, uh, you know, I would conclude really it's a season, it is a season of beginnings because it's, you know, it, it's how we, we began to journey as a church, as a group. But it's a season of building, building a, a, a church sort of numerically and a group of people, but also physically. It's yes. a yeah. season of building, um, the building that we sit in now, we, we owe to that period of time growth uh, and really that brings us from let's cheekily say from the 1900s yes. all the way up <laughs> to 2004 yeah. uh, when there was a change absolutely and yeah. we're not going to talk about that now no nope. because that will be the topic of the second part of our series when we'll look at what happened and um, when god really began to what i've called reform us as a church so phil firstly just thank you so much we appreciate you we love you dearly thank you too. we really genuinely do I love truly appreciate that. how much you've served us as a body over um, the years and um, how you continue to serve and journey with us we do love you so yeah join in join us everyone for our next one um, i'll be joined by adrian Lowe, and we'll talk about how god reformed us uh, and then we'll build up towards what he's doing today. So thanks for downloading this and see you soon. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Amblecote Community Church. For more information about who we are, what we believe, and how you can get involved, check out our website, amblecotecc.org.uk.